Hey y'all, and welcome back to Mommy Couch Confessions. It is I, Raquilla Denae of RaquillaDenae.com, military spouse, homeschooling mom, communication stylist, and encouragement extraordinaire. I'm so glad y'all are joining me on the couch today because this is a topic I think we can all agree we know a lot about. And me personally, it's near and dear to my heart because I love words. We've all heard the adage growing up, sticks and stones can break your bones, but words will never hurt you, right? What a sack of lies. How often have we repeated this to our children? Don't let the things people say to you hurt you. No one can hurt you with their words. But the reality is people can hurt us with our words all the time. And we've hurt plenty of people with our words. I mean, I know I've received messages at times that feel like I'm being stabbed in the back. And that pain is real. Words can hurt just as much as being punched in the face. Now, I must say, I have never actually been punched in the face. But the side effect? of a well-crafted, nasty statement, or the disappointment expressed, or even just someone telling me their opinion about myself in a very negative way is hurtful. The way we speak to our children, not the what, but the how, can be painful. And so it is disingenuous and a complete untruth to say that words can't hurt. As we go through and look at relationships, a lot of the discord or disagreement aren't necessarily tied to just what's said, but how it's said. I will be the first to admit, I have been known to craft a very cunning and double-edged remark and deliver it in a kind, calm, and sometimes almost soothing voice so that if anyone around me were to hear It wouldn't sound as if I was being as cruel as I was, but I knew the entire purpose of my message was to hurt the person on the receiving end. Now, granted, that was circa 2001 high school and hurt people hurt people. So I'm not proud of that. But what I'm saying is the power of our words can uplift and inspire, but they can also tear down and cause so much pain. Think about the words that people have said to you over your life. In childhood, the words of our parents craft our internal narratives that we hold on to for the rest of our adult lives. There are some of us now who feel unpretty because someone commented on our weight or our facial features or our body stature while we were younger. There are people who never pursued dreams because they were told that they were dumb or incapable. There are so many people who have decided that they're not worthy of respect or love or companionship based on the words of someone else. So to say that words don't hurt is a complete misuse of truth. How does that relate to parenting? Y'all, listen, the days get long, the times get hard, and sometimes you say things you don't mean. And we have to be very mindful because life and death is in the power of the tongue. So if we walk around saying, my kids are monsters, They're never going to get this right. How come they never do this well? We're going to reap the harvest of those bitter words that we sowed into the ground. And our children are always listening. Doesn't matter who we're talking to. Doesn't matter who we're talking about. They're always listening. And I'll use myself as an example. A couple of weeks ago, my oldest was having a complete and utter meltdown. And while I'm on the verge of just trying to hold it together, as I deal with all of the things that are happening in my life, someone asks me about her. And I mockingly repeated what she said, 
And I turned around and saw her standing there and the look of hurt on her face. I immediately knew I was wrong. And so I go to her as she has stormed off now and is hiding in a corner with her arms crossed. And I said, sister, I want to apologize to you. And she yelled at me. She did. She said, I'm so embarrassed. Why would you do that? And I couldn't argue with her. I couldn't tell her that she shouldn't be embarrassed. I could have said, don't talk to me like that. But the truth is, my words caused her to be embarrassed. My actions compounded the hurt that my words started. How often are we with our children and in the heat of frustration say, are you ever going to figure this out? You know what that just told them? That they have a history of not knowing. When our children make mistakes over and over and over again, because listen, (laughs) that's what they do. That's what we do as adults. I don't know why we expect anything less from the children, but listen, grace. So they make a mistake repeatedly. I thought you were smarter than that. Can't you figure out how to do better? All of those statements attack the very nature of who they are as individuals and address in no way the action. And so when that happens, it becomes a personal critique or criticism and not a correction on what the actual root of the problem is. And so often when our children act out, when our spouses act out, when There are disconnects in relationships. We want to look at the behaviors. Well, I can't believe they would say something like that, or I can't believe they would do that. Well, let's get to the root of what's really happening, what's really being said, and then you can decipher the message. But the words and the power of those words can oftentimes cloud our judgment and ability to see past what was just presented to us. Let's be honest, even as adults, many of us, We can deal with critiques here and there, as long as it's not too painful or too personal. But we often dole those things out to our children on an almost incessant basis without even thinking about it. We demand of them obedience, first or second time understanding, quick comprehension. But do we ever really stop to think about our words? the words that we use to teach these lessons, to gain their attention, to give correction or understanding or guidance, or do we just say them? Now, again, no two people are alike, and maybe you understand the power of words, so you're very slow to speak, which makes you close to Jesus in a way that I truly desire to be, and I'm having to learn. I'm so quick with it, and automatic with a response that oftentimes my mouth and brain don't have a whole lot of time before that synapse says, say it. And as I've gotten older, I have gotten so much better, but there's still much room for improvement. So I challenge us to think about that. And even as adults, we are not exempt from those words hurting. The truth is sticks and stones, well, those sticks and stones may very well be the words thrown at us. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt. When you're dealing with emotional connection, especially with familial relationships, it's not the broken bones that hurt the most. A lot of times we think of abusive situations as physically abusive, but mental abuse, emotional abuse, those are all very real. And before you get to the level of it being abusive, they're just hurtful. The way you said it hurt. 
the audience you set it in front of made it embarrassing. The volume of your voice made it painful to receive. All of these things matter when we're talking to and dealing with other people. And then when you apply this to the realm of motherhood, it becomes exponentially more important to be mindful of our words. As mothers, as much as our children ignore probably 90% of what we say in a given day through selective hearing, and 5% they hear wah, 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 and turn into peppermint patty on us, that other 5% that they take in has got to be coming from a place of love and calm. Those percentages I just gave you, I completely made up. I don't know what percentage of coherence, comprehension, or listening children actually put forth in a day. But here's what I do know. Think about a time when you were talking to your children or to your spouse, and you could tell they tuned you out. Whether the message was important or not, just think about it. Now think about what you were saying. Do we oftentimes give the grace to others with our words that we want them to give to us? If we have to receive bad news, do we want somebody to just blurt it out to us? Or do we want somebody to prep us and let us know that, hey, I'm about to tell you something that you may not like, that may be painful, but I have to share it with you anyway. If we have to receive sad news, do we want someone to just walk past us and tell us that, you know, not only was our bike stolen and our dog was hit by a car, but our house burned to the ground and then walk away? Or do we want someone to be there to comfort and console while they deliver a message that could be painful and heartbreaking? All of those things matter because our children are going to experience heartache. They're going to experience pain. They're going to make mistakes and need correction. But the words we choose and the way that we deliver the message will determine whether or not they receive it in a way that is beneficial or if they internalize it in a way that becomes detrimental. As a person who is a self-proclaimed word fancier, having professionally used my words to style and craft copy for individuals, small businesses, it has amazed me the way that people see themselves. And this becomes most true when you look at resumes. Oftentimes in styling resumes for individuals, they will say to me, wow, you made me look really good on paper. But the truth is, I can't make you look good on paper if you don't have the credentials. So what you see on paper is just a reflection of who you actually are. The power of words is what changes that exponentially. And if that can be true on a resume describing work experience, then imagine the internal stories, the emotional narratives that are crafted by our words as parents with our children. How often have we been in situations where we have seen children who may be at a disadvantage or who may be struggling, not our own children, but other children? And we want to encourage them. We want them to feel uplifted. We want them to feel capable. Do we offer that to ours? Do we offer that same commitment to our own children? I know there have been experiences in public where I'll hear a parent speaking to a child in a way that is just completely disgusting. Profanity, negative descriptions, loud volume, lots of bass. And oftentimes it's followed by a very dejected child. That child who will internalize all those words and grow up to be the manifestation of exactly what was spoken to them. And when possible, in those moments, I try to find ways to encourage that child. 
I have literally found myself meandering through Walmart a little longer so that I can bump into this family so that I can compliment that little girl who was called a whiny little brat so many times that she was in tears and then told to shut up because she was making too much noise. Following a family through the clothing section and asking the mom a question just to try to make it friendly so that that same little boy that she said was stupid and slow and acted just like his dumb daddy, I could bend down and tell him how handsome he was and how bright and beautiful his eyes were what a leader he'll one day be. See, it's easier to use our words well and be mindful of having a healing effect when we see the pain that they cause outwardly. But it is also so very easy to become desensitized to those that we love the most. We know our children. We know our spouses. We've spent lots of time with them. And the truth is familiarity can bring contempt. We know our siblings. We know our parents. And that same familiarity can breed contempt. And oftentimes we say things to each other, not because we don't have love, but because we do. We take for granted the relationships that we have with those closest to us, not considering our words carefully, not being mindful of what we're speaking to them or on them in their lives. And so I just really challenge us to take a moment this year, evaluate our words, evaluate the way we use our words, and then commit ourselves to speak kindly first to ourselves and then to those we love and care for and allow that to trickle down to our neighbors and those outside our four walls. The truth is, when we feel the need to use sharp words, it's often coming from our own internal struggles. It's really hard to love our neighbors as ourselves and allow that to mean being kind to others and caring and loving to others when we're not kind and caring and loving to ourselves first. And inevitably, how we treat ourselves in private will be how we treat those we love and care for the most. It's easy to put on the mask for the outside world. It's easy to carefully craft our words and code switch when necessary because we know that there might be something on the line. But I implore you to recognize What's on the line is the future of our children, the ones that we birth, the ones that are a part of their cohort and generation, and those that will come after us. Speaking life over them is the most powerful tool that we have next to prayer, empowering them to be all that they were created to be. And while some of us may not have had that, while some of us may be struggling to find it now, do it for yourself. Speak kindly to you. Encourage yourself because the sticks and the stones that you throw at yourself in the mirror, they may not break your bones, but they'll hurt your heart. They'll pierce your soul and it'll make it so much more difficult to use your words in a way that bring forth the life and the abundant fruit that you hope to have, not only for yourself, but for your family. And so as we go through this first month of the new year, let's just be mindful of our words. As I practice this myself, I'm going to practice what I preach, y'all, because the truth is I want my words to be healing, to be an encouragement, to be a hope. I don't want my words to return to me void after they've been thrown at someone else. Let's ponder how we can do that in the days and weeks going forward. I hope you'll join me next time on the couch. See ya.